The year is 1999. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my Marvelous Year. Variant cover. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club where we're going through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book journeyman. This is a variant cover. We're going to be talking about the fourth wall-breaking She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night. I'm joined today by Charlotte Fierro and Dave Busing. And listen, if you criticize this show, if you give us a bad review or you send me a Twitter DM criticizing the show. We're going to crawl out of your earbuds and personally Ooh. beat you up. We're coming out of the podcast. We're coming for you. Okay. Got menacing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Charlotte, especially, she's she's fierce. She's like a bobcat. She's going to... Yeah, my my, <laughs> my name is actually first. Charlotte Fierceo. <laughs> Charlotte Fuck it up. Fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot. Man, a little NBA crossover, a little Beyonce crossover. You're both speaking my yeah, language today. Yeah, yeah Charlotte are, and I are. Those are come, definitely two things I understand the reference to. Yeah. We're gonna come out of your the podcast and uh, and beat you up. And Dave is just gonna do such a wicked crossover. He's gonna break your ankles. I'm gonna do so. such a I'm gonna do they, such a bad accent that it's gonna break your ears. Dave's actually Charlotte. just standing in the background in full black and white in the in the meantime. That's, that's just all he does. That was gonna be my intro for Zach. Is you you people don't even know. How many years he spent walking around in black and white trying to seem hip? Like he has been walking around <laughs> in black and white for years, trying to get people to notice. Being, you know how people like have a quirk, right? You know, like you wear a funny hat, you wear sunglasses inside. Zach's has always been like, oh, what's that guy's deal? Monochrome. Why is he always <laughs> monochrome? <laughs> yeah, put, putting white uh, stage paint on my face and uh, and blackening up my yeah, hair. Fortunately, you did put the white on your face. You did not go the other option there. That obviously <laughs> would have been. You experimented yeah. with both. I think you asked your wife. She said, mm-mm, mm-mm, no. Yeah, one of these is better than the other. Um, yeah, it, it's called <laughs> peacocking, uh, except that it is uh, a monochrome peacock, which is, uh, what's a black and white bird? Someone quick, uh, think of a fun black and white bird. Penguin? <laughs> Penguin. Yeah, penguin. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I honestly, I was, like, piping, I was quickly that was some family feud clue right there. Yeah, <laughs> the panic in your voice—I've never heard that. The way <laughs> the way Zach went on when Family Feud, and Steve Harvey said, "Name a black and white bird," and Zach said, "Peacock." <laughs> <laughs> Tough break. Yeah, that Tough that's break. the day he learned he was colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard thing to learn. It is. It's hard uh, all learn. birds, Steve, are black and white? I don't know what you're you talking about. You got into about. a super <laughs> semantic argument, wasted all of your time. Your team was absolutely furious. Speaking of absolutely furious, let's talk about the Toxic Man children in She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night. I get, werewolves, I think, are, are historically furious <laughs> creatures as well. Where do we want to start? This is an MCU special. we got a lot to talk about today. Do we want to start with Shulky? Or do we want to start with the nighttime wolf? Let's start werewolf. Let's get that. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> Getting that out of your system. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. I, I want to say before we start either one, I, I literally this morning I was walking around being like, "Don't be a crank. Don't be a crank about this." <laughs> that's that's like, just what you say to yourself in the mirror. <laughs> meditations. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I'm often not cranky about most things, but this MCU <laughs> stuff is, <laughs> that that is not true. <laughs> I, uh, the, the conversation around, and I'm I'm gonna try. I'm I'm just saying it right now. I'm gonna try to purge myself of like talking about the conversation around these shows and just talk about the shows yeah. themselves because I yeah. think it's the most boring thing, That's and right. I I do have a uh like a penchant for just being like you know being like people are adoring this show and then i'm just like i'm getting hung up on like no that's crazy it's just okay <laughs> can you so, can like, you slice that audio in 20 minutes when you inevitably start talking about the discourse about <laughs> I know. This yeah i know <laughs> we so should I, play that I, I am gonna try my best time. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to need that. Talk about it, but instead of air horns yeah. like radio DJs, we're just going to splice in that little segment <laughs> where you remind yourself. I mean, with She-Hulk, it's going to be hard to avoid talking about it because the show directly tries to talk about it. Mm-hmm. In that yeah. It's in conversation works. with its own yeah. critics um, as yeah. it's happening, which is interesting. No, but okay. not. Oh god, no. We're gonna go let's go back to where so we by stupid. <laughs> this is immediately after. cranky. Took less <laughs> than three seconds. Yeah, that, that stuff. Dry- well, that didn't even I'm, finish I'm, my sentence. I'm going to be fine being cranky about the show itself. I just I need to not talk about the takes on the show. That's the stuff that you know I don't think is actually like useful critique. I mean, just on one hand, I very not very heavily Destin from the Slack here for his opinions. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> responding to like specific Slack opinions is, uh, is a little direct. <laughs> yeah. um, I yeah. No, but I do tend to agree. I have that feeling a lot of times after we record of like an increasing sense of like I'm reacting too much to a perceived opinion of the show, to mm-hmm. a perceived cultural consensus, which is my only my own what I've been sh- shown <laughs> kind of stuff. And sometimes it's relevant and sometimes it's not. And a lot of times it's distracting just from like, well, what do I, what, how do I actually feel about this? Well, the, um, you know, the thing is, it's, it's boring. The, <laughs> the, the thing that's boring about that is that the discourse is never interesting because these shows, as much as I do enjoy these shows generally, they are not worth the discourse. So the discourse is so artificial. It's so astroturfed, right? Like the ups and downs of how Twitter feels about this stuff is it's, it's really dull stuff because all these shows are like, good fine plus they're all you know i i'd say like a seven out of ten plus or minus one okay but <laughs> right but you know what less, you know so what like, i have to do right off the bat is the thing yeah. i'm purging myself of and i started okay. purging myself of this in at the start of our she hulk review there's way too much falling back on oh this is fine this is fun fun is just fine with a u instead of an i I mean, it's right? damning with faint it's praise. It's just fine. That's it's what these just, shows like saying it's just okay is not praise. Like that's not a good thing. And it's, we keep it is, it's falling damning back with faint on praise, that. Right? Yeah, like, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and the, we keep falling that, back on that. And I keep doing encourage. the same thing because I'm worried about being a negative Nelly, right? In this like sense of like, well, I am a part of my own small way of comics culture, and I don't just want to be, <laughs> you know, a negative Nelly about this stuff all the time. And like, you start fighting. This own perception, which is so absurd because it's like, like I'm, you know, like I'm a celebrity or something. I am not. <laughs> right. It's so absurd. Yeah. Um, no, I just think like the more we walk away from these things, like, oh, it's fine. It's OK. And like that being an excuse not to be like fairly critical is kind of BS. Um, and I, it's not just you. I'm not just talking about us specifically. I'm talking well, about like well, a, a very I, I broad, say... very broad fandom thing where it's like, well, no, it's fun. So because it's fun. We can we shouldn't criticize it, and it's like it's like I don't like a lot of things are like oak okay, like passable ways to spend time. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. not like excellent or superb, or or truly worth celebrating. 
Okay. So anyway, I'm just I'm kind of sick of that fallback, and I do it. I've done it uh, plenty. So it's. I not... mean, I do that, but I feel like it. I mean, for me, it feels like a genuine like this is a passable way to pass the time, and I mean that earnestly. Like, I didn't mean that about Miss Marvel, right? Like, I critiqued a lot of Miss Marvel. I didn't like What If. I didn't think that was. We'll have to check just pass on that. I don't but really I think remember. like I do think most of these shows are fine, right? Like, especially in comparison with the rest of television, right? Like, but that, can we that's... be can we be honest then and just say what you're saying is I think they're bad. I don't think they're bad. I think they're like decently constructed. I don't think like. The Swamp Thing show, I think, is bad, right? Like, I watched an episode of that, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's well, that bad. was a bunch of nothing. And, like, it, you know, like, there was nothing about that that instilled my curiosity or drove me to want to watch another episode of it. Like, I don't think, I think very little of the MCU is, like, bad. I think it's safe, and it's not particularly creative, and then it has little moments of brightness, and then little, I think it has generally little moments of being <laughs> clumsy, and it's all balanced out by like a, like a relative, I wouldn't even say a high floor, but like a mediumly high floor and a pretty low ceiling, right? Like, I think it's, I think the ceiling has felt like it's lowering, I think is part of the problem. You know, I've had to remind myself that like, I really like the MCU, you know, like the, the yeah, movie sure. experience has been very good for 14 years, you know, and there's an investment level in this journey in a thing that I never expected to get as big or as good as it got, you know, and kind of how cool that is. And I think what the TV shows have done in a lot of ways, some of which I really like, like, let's be clear, I still really like some of these. Um, and I quite like World Night. We're going to talk about that. And She-Hulk, I, I really like the ending, okay? So we're going to, like, this is not, like, oh, everything sucks. Yeah, yeah. I promise you. I'm positive but, on both these shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is the ceiling was very high, I thought, with the movies. And what the shows have done, I think, has flattened it out by by getting a little too much too fast, I think, um, overextending themselves. And the floor probably has lowered while the ceilings also come down. And it's kind of just like nothing is, the peaks aren't what they used to be, I suppose. But okay, let's, let's, this is too broad. Let's be specific. Let's talk about World by Night. Charlotte, let's start with you because we've been bogarting the, <laughs> the conversation here. What do you think of World by Night? I thought it was really fun. It felt... I mean, it's, it's hard to say it didn't feel like the MCU because in a lot of ways it did, but it felt distant enough that it didn't feel like I was watching um, MCU part uh, 45, uh, which She-Hulk can, can kind of uh, feel like. Mm. Um, and like I think the, the black of all whites, like, say, anything, say what you want about it, helps. And I will. Uh, and you, I'm sure you will. <laughs> helps distance, like, distancing the, not the show, the episode from... Um, the rest of the MCU, like visually and everything, yeah, I, I thought it was very fun. I don't know if inventive is the right word, but like, yeah, it, it's hard to, to like. How many times can you say it's fun and there's nothing much more to it? I think I felt like visually there was some really I'm trying to find another word than fun, <laughs> inventive, I guess. Uh, I, stuff have, like I have condemned the... fun today, Charlotte. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> yeah, fun is not how we Stay talk away. about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I, I okay so my my pattern on things is often to like come in critique it a bunch and then be like yeah but i liked it it's okay <laughs> so i'm gonna yep. start out good self-awareness good good which fourth is, wall breaking self-awareness there i walked away from werewolf by night being like yeah that was a good 50 minute show i would happily watch one of these every halloween if next yeah. year they did a dracula one and if the year after they did 
like a man thing special and whatever like if they did a little horror halloween hour once a year i would like be pleased to watch every one of them i will probably never watch this again <laughs> like i was happy to watch it i enjoyed it it did not stick with me i've already kind of forgotten the beats of it uh there's a few little standouts to it but otherwise i thought it was okay like works fine entertaining enough but like doesn't stack up against other horror television doesn't stack up against twilight zone or even like a good episode of american horror story sure the uh the horror stuff is a little there's a few things that do bug me about it uh the black and white was just a distraction to me and i think it was tainted by the fact that i had seen michael giacchino the director who's mostly known for his really good composing um saying that they decided after the fact to turn it black and white so they shot it in color which is not how you get good black and white cinematography right like you light for black and white Doing it in post means that, like, the shadows and, you know, like, I don't think... Well, you light for black and white, do it in post, and you're toast. Exactly. Famous. (laughs) Everyone's always saying that. (laughs) (laughs) You can't walk around L.A. without hearing that. Oh, my gosh. It's everywhere. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so, like, it felt like a distraction and an affectation to be, like, to after the fact, to insist in post-production, like, this is a universal horror classic, you know, style thing. And it was, like, all the touches are all post-production things for that. For the most part, I'll say some of the cooler mo- moments of this were Wolf's uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, who I think does a good job being kind of a little cutie. Um, his transformation scene, very fun. And then there's a shot right after that that does like a really cool shadowy shot of his face that I think is a really well shot and composed um, moment there. Besides that, I got very little of Universal <laughs> Horror from this that wasn't something that they inserted in after the fact. Uh I would have liked that a lot more in the actual production of the show, like making Man-Thing much more um, like practical, like a big puppet Man-Thing. How cool would that have been? Which like, is weird that, because that there was great. a big puppet Man-Thing man on set, which yeah, they used and then, and then they, they like, yeah. I don't know, enhanced him, sort of like the... effects and it makes it look worse. Sorry, sorry. That would have been a nice referential thing, sort of like the, the Savage She-Hulk, where you actually get yeah. the, the mm-hmm. green paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in the that's a great moment. And I was like, hell yeah, calling back to the seventies. People love that stuff. It's a great like. Yeah, right. It drives me crazy how much you know. Like they, I mean, it's cheaper. I think that's the bottom line. I think it's cheaper to do the CGI than it is to get a puppeteer and to bring in, you know, build this big model and everything. But like, people like that kind of artificial throwback stuff. Like it works. Yoda, the original Yoda, works as a character. He's a cheap little puppet. That stuff is great, and you know, sometimes. It, it's just a kind of a lack of imagination. Um, that's a good idea. So werewolf, werewolf, that's a good I idea. have the fun, words fun, man but... thing by Frank Oz in my head now, and I love yeah, that idea. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like a big labyrinth um, man thing. Yeah. I, I actually love that idea. Good. Oh, you know, speaking I, of good ideas, Zach, we yeah. do have to get... Uh, let's just give you credit right now, because I, I attributed this to Charlotte, but I think it was you. It was me. Actually you. called exactly what happened in She-Hulk. When, we, when yeah. I, I said, we need more creative uses of, of meta-narrative, and you called exactly what they were going to do. Take a bow. Well, I wasn't Take even calling it. I was complaining that the show wasn't that creative. <laughs> but like throughout the most of its runtime. I anyway, think they let, heard you. Let's hold, yeah, let, let's hold off on talking about that. But what do you think about Werewolf by Night, Dave? Okay. You, so, you enjoy it? so I like your idea there for, for making it more referential of the thing that it's getting all the points for referencing. You know, the mm-hmm. old yeah. Hammer Horror or, or Universal Monster movies. I, I love... That it did have those reference points, even if the black and white, yeah, I don't know, like cinema, cinematically, maybe, you know, I, I, I would not have preferred it in color. I guess let's just put it that way. It gave mm-hmm. it a tone and a style 
and a perspective. And frankly, between both Werewolf by Night and She-Hulk, like that is my favorite thing about both of these series, just in aggregate, is they are stylized and they know what they want to be. And they kind of understand how to play with the specific format of TV that they're doing. I think too much of Disney Plus MCU has been, well, let's just make a long movie. And like Falcon Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, even Miss Marvel, I would all put in that category. I think both of these series understand like, oh, we're a special presentation. You know, we're like, you know, a long, like we're one TV episode. We're one mini movie that you would have seen, you know, on your television. And She-Hulk is like, no, we're a 30 minute comedy legal procedural, right? Like they knew what they were. They knew the format. They knew how to actually be TV shows or specials. And I love that about them. World I mean, WandaVision did that pretty well. WandaVision's the WandaVision's the only other one, and that's no, why I Lo- love it so Loki much. Loki did a decent Loki. job of this. Loki you had think like Loki, yeah. this. See, Loki felt like a long Loki movie to me. But it's still. I mean, I think it was a good mix. I think it had also like this is the. I mean, it wasn't totally episodic. Like this is the the adventure for this episode. It's part of a larger tapestry. But it did have like this is the episode where they're on that planet that's collapsing. This is that's the true. Episode that felt very Doctor on, Who. Yeah, the episode where they're in that like. That planet where the black smoke monster is there and the other Lokis are there. That's like this episode. The first episode is the TVA. The last episode yeah. is... Um, okay, okay. I can What's his face? Yeah. I, I think that show did a decent job of like having... This was an episode that had its own thing. But that that's a larger issue. I mean, that that's the MCU, but it's also so much streaming TV now. Like Netflix, that's the Netflix way. Like Stranger Things seasons are just one long thing <laughs> instead it's of not, a series. It's effect. not always a bad thing. I mean, sometimes that's fine. Right? I, I think it's always a bad thing. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's weird that it felt like Disney Plus <laughs> figured it out with their first show, like The Mandalorian did that right, like very mm-hmm. episodic, yeah. and that was yeah. a huge part of why people liked it a lot. And it's then funny. they went back to doing the Netflix thing. Exactly, exactly. Like it feels like they they cracked it immediately, like kind of by accident, and then they totally got away from it. And I think now maybe are kind of coming back to it. But with World by Night specifically, to Zach's point. They do this every year. I'm super into it. I really like the idea of these one-off, these one-shot special presentations for characters. Like, I don't want to spend six hours with Jack Russell. I really liked this. This is the most I've ever liked Werewolf by Night. Okay? Let's oh, just say yeah. That. Well, that's... Like, I, I never, <laughs> never, yeah. never say, oh, yeah, I like this more yeah. than the comics. I like this more than the comics. <laughs> this was more fun. I like this Jack Russell. Uh, this Elsa Bloodstone wasn't better than the comics, per se, but I like this Elsa. Um, the relationship between Jack and Ted, a.k.a. Man-Thing, was fun, even though, you know, we've seen certainly the Steve Gerber, you know, adventures into fear, like Man-Thing comics can be a lot more um, than just kind of a goofball monster. And it's kind monster, of like Groot, which is, Groot 2.0. Yeah, right, which, you know, that could be more, but that's more a testament to styles of storytelling than it is to anything to do with Man-Thing. Can I I talk about Man-Thing for a second before we get off it? You can talk about Man-Thing for all the seconds you want. Do it. Uh, You guys can leave for an hour. I'm going to go on a... You do not. If you have a solo hour on (laughs) Man-Thing, I want to hear it. (laughs) Okay, uh, this is... mm -hmm. The MCU has been doing something lately that I usually... I'm a little resistant to as a it's not even a critique it's just kind of a personal like oh man <laughs> kind of feeling which is taking like slightly lesser known things and using them in ways where i'm like ah oh, well that's a bummer that that's like people talk about this with red skull like he was in captain america the first avenger you can just, just say in my that name. <laughs> movie and yeah like he's so big in the tapestry of marvel comics for him to be you know just used up in that first movie even though i think he's okay but he's just not 
the big red skull, you know, it's not going to be this huge character that over overlooks the MCU for a while. Um, I usually don't have that too much. The man thing, I was kind of feeling that. I was like, I love man thing. And I love his whole like psychedelic, you know, like the psychological stuff uh, that goes with him. And they like reference it. Like he touches people and they burn while screaming. <laughs> but like, I, uh, I was feeling a little bummed that some of like the man things getting used up here and like we won't probably maybe maybe we will won't get the more like in-depth uh story of man thing same with the uh, she-hulk and a few characters the wrecking crew i was like slightly disappointed that the wrecking crew <laughs> i've got i've got with you on the wrecking crew <laughs> i just i really like the wrecking crew uh and like sometimes they do that with um oh boy they just recently did it with the care oh um well they do it with Ms- virtually Mr. all the villains well, the Great Immortal. Great West to, or um, Great Lakes Avengers. What's his name, yeah, Mister Immortal. Immortal? You have a uh, you have strong Mister Immortal affinity. I didn't know this about you. Well, like I think the Great Lakes Avengers could ha- they could have a movie around those guys. I think they're really good, mm, and Mister Immortal's really fun. But at least with Mister Immortal, I was like they got Dave Pasquese for that, who's an an incredible comedian. The guy who plays uh, Mister Immortal, he was so so in this, but he's one of the best uh, improv comedians in history. <laughs> He's remarkable. Um, so, like, they could prop a movie around that guy. So at least with them, I'm like, well, they're not, you know, they could get back to him, and they hired someone really good for him. So anyway, yeah, I've had that feeling a few times lately where I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. That's This is the yeah, yeah. version of we're going to burn through this C-list person. I but. mean, there's still, I think that's the thing, though, with we're doing 50 minutes, we have a job to do, we're going to do it well, and then we're yep. getting out. Is like, listen, there's still, you can still do plenty of things with Man Thing. You can always course sure. correct. You can always do different styles. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. super worried that, like, oh, we're it, done because he used a French press with his giant hands, and I have no idea how. Yeah, that's um, very strange. Why does he have a guitar? <laughs> <laughs> like, that was funny. Uh, Charlotte, what did you, did you have a reaction to, to the use of Man Thing here? Or, like, you know, do you feel like, oh, overused, underused, you're fine? I mean, I feel like he's probably. I'm sorry. I just have to say that's something uh, Dave has asked. Many women. Uh, do you have anything to say about the use of man thing here? <laughs> is it overused, underused? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not the first time that's coming. Out, not okay. the last. Yeah, thank you please. for that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I thought he he was fun. He was cute. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I wish we had like a more. That's the answer I get a lot too. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I like that he he burns people that are afraid of him. Like it. There is some specificity to to him, I guess. Um, even if it's not uh, deeply explored, which I- I'm sure we'll see in like I don't know, Doctor Strange three or Midnight Suns or something. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I the the end definitely doesn't feel to me like oh, this is over for these characters, and that's like the end of their potential for the MCU. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah. it's definitely right. not over. Um, and I'm curious to see where they go if it's like more special presentations in the same style, or if it's in a more MCU thing, like classic, uh, classic MCU. I thought he he was a uh, he was fine. He was good. I like the the Groose comparison is half a joke and half like yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's he he's there to look all cute and treaty, but there's nothing. There's not much more to it. With a contrast of like hyper violence to like yeah. a big cutie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing that they do with Groot. I did really appreciate here with World by Night that they didn't. They know they only have 50 minutes, and they know they only have one episode, you know, compared to everything else here on Disney+. Plus. And they yeah. didn't rush things. Like, they were incredibly patient. They took their time. They let you sit in, you know, some some real campiness 
with the tales to the crypt, you know, Ulysses Bloodstone talking from the grave kind of stuff. Um, and just that like cool. they were comfortable and confident. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. And like they're just super comfortable and confident with mm-hmm. what they wanted to do. And even at the end, like it didn't, it wasn't like this mad dash to be like, oh, and coming soon. You know, it wasn't this mad dash to be like, oh, and here, where else is going to show up? Like it was just, it was chill. <laughs> I really appreciated that. Um, it was a fun time. I, I really enjoyed watching this one. I don't think it's like incredible. I, I've seen some real hyperbolic praise, you know, and I, I, I don't think it's like some of the best of the MCU or anything like that. But See, it's we are, definitely... are going to be talking about the discourse here. But do you think that that just comes from it didn't do a lot of the things that people are exasperated with the MCU for? Because I think. Oh, totally. The, I mean, the I fact that it was one and done a... alone, yeah, I feel like is yeah. just like so, it wasn't so nice. It is so it wasn't nice. It was quite as quippy, even though it does have some quips. <laughs> <laughs> like and I heard that, like, like it's very serious. I'm like, no, it's, it's not, not it's start- just that it's not six or seven hours long. It's also not six or seven weeks long. Because like staying in the same Marvel show for that long and keeping the discourse up for that long, it gets very tiring. And like, there's also a, mi- a mindset of being like watching the first episode and being like, what, what does this mean for the rest of the series? What does this mean right. for the rest of the MCU? And here, you know, it's just one and done. You can just focus on. This is fun. Like, I'm just focused on the thing and not what's beyond the thing, uh, which really helps. Uh, at least it helps me uh, really like the, the the episode as its own thing without having to think about uh, what comes next. And it's also not pulling punches. You know, that's the, that's the other thing about yeah. when you're building and you're playing these longer games is there's like a withholding of story capital that happens with a lot of these series. Um, with World by Night, there's none of that. Like, it just, it has the one story to burn through, and it's going to do it. So by the time we get to the end of it, yeah, like, I'm not sitting there being like, ooh, where's Elsa going to show up? I'll just be like, oh, it's, I, hope, I hope I see her again, <laughs> you know? Like, it'll yeah. be cool when she does. I'm not I'm not worried about the theorizing of Midnight Suns and how all the monsters are going to play into it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really care to with this corner of the universe. The, the other thing that stood out to me the most, though, by far, was, like, it. I was feeling really down on the MCU when I watched this. Um, like I had just watched She-Hulk episode five and it's my least favorite episode of the entire series. I thought it was awful. And I was just kind of like, I feel like I'm just, I just need to stop with the Disney plus machine. But then I was seeing really positive reactions to World by night. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll watch it. You know, it's one episode. Great. I am so into this special presentation thing. Like I, that was a thing that I didn't expect necessarily was for this to sell to me. Like, oh, like if they do more of these, I'm going to really be excited about that. Like, like yeah. I approached this with anticipation and the last time I approached uh, a Disney Plus thing with anticipation was Loki, you know? So it's like, that that was nice to have that feeling of like, hey, I actually, like, I'm excited to sit and watch this again. Um, and the, the format helps a lot there. Well, the uh, the next shows they're doing are, you know, I I don't know, I wonder if they're going to be pulling back a little bit. But the, uh, the shows are, like, we don't have anything until sometime next year. They're going to be doing What If, which, you know, ugh, who cares? But um, Secret Invasion is coming you know 2023 that's the next thing we're getting and it's got like a pretty good pedigree behind it yeah uh, it, like people who made like who have directed and written serious adult spy thriller stuff and i'm kind of hopeful like you know maybe they'll pull yeah. back and and we've take... also like got maybe two months before the guardians of the galaxy holiday special which oh, I'm, i forgot about that. i hope will be as good as i'm uh, more excited about like... that now than i was yeah yeah same same although that's that... you know i i do feel like that I have a little more hope for that just in general because, like, James Gunn is writing and directing it. I think he's just making, like, a short film 
of his Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, he, you know, I, I have more faith in that just because it's got good talent behind it, which is one of the big problems with the MCU shows is I go look at them and they find good talent for the movies and then they find people who have written one episode of Rick and Morty, no offense, Jessica Gao, uh, who made She-Hulk, <laughs> to like Jessica work on these shows. Jessica Gao it... slander. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very pro-Jessica. You know what? Uh, she, she wrote uh, Pickle Rick, which is a unfairly maligned <laughs> episode. Of... Sounds like literally the most famous Rick and Morty episode. It, well, who has, it, is not and because of that, it is for the one that people reasons. make fun of. Uh, it's a great episode. She's a. Yeah. Do people a, not like Pickle well Rick? Rick? I thought that was like a beloved thing. <laughs> no, the, it's one of these things where people screaming Pickle Rick has so like tainted the water where people are like, Ugh, that that show sucks because its fans are very loud about you know showing up into a McDonald's, jumping on a table and screaming, "I'm Pickle Rick." I thought it was uh, like the thing. So I thought it was like the thing the fans like like the most. Like that was that's why it got mentioned so much. Listen, Dave, you got the fans who just don't get the show, and that's most of them. And then you got me. Let's I, do I let's understand. do ten minutes on Rick and Morty fandom because I think that will actually transition nicely <laughs> into the fandom that She Hulk is uh, <laughs> tackling Rick. here. There is Rick definitely Rick. a Venn diagram that is a circle. <laughs> okay, let's yeah, let's move into She Hulk. Yeah. Uh, let, let's start out with the stuff that I'm cranky about. That preemptive defense thing. <laughs> wait, wait, hang on. No, let's not start. <laughs> no, I hate it. I hate that stuff no, stop so it. much. What are you doing? This is a terrible so idea. Awful. This is the worst terrible. idea of all time. Charlotte, you please start with She-Hulk <laughs> and tell us your reactions. So, I, I mean, I'm most curious about your reaction, Dave, because you said, like, the finally, at least the end of the series was your favorite thing, which is, like, I think the final episode was my least favorite episode overall. Oh, um, okay. oh I'm, I'm with Dave on this. I think every epi- the last three were the best each one oh, the, better than the, the last. The last, yeah. well, the last, the third last and the second last, I agree. The ve- the actual finally, I'm more mixed on. But, like, overall, I thought it was a very, very uh, F-U-N show. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Spelling it like I'm a toddler. Too, so I don't know you're doing it. That's amazing. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying things here. That was great. Um, no, so, I, I just, thought it was... Very fun show. I, I love the like full, fully lived in superhero universe feel there is to it in a way yeah. there hasn't been in any other MCU movie or show. Like, it feels like a world where it's like you can casually have in the same show a, a light elf from Asgard, a weird magician sorcerer, Wong the Abomination, like, and five other weird superheroes, like. D to E list superheroes and like I kind of love that to it how casual it how casually it like just like brings in different like D listers that you usually w- would never like care about and you'd never seen an Avengers or Spider Man movie but you can right. have them here be a part of Abomination's therapy group which is I think my favorite episode like some very fun stuff written by Zeb Wells incredible like Zeb Wells very funny comic Aliens book writer baby. Yeah, the writer of Amazing Spider-Man, Charlotte. I am so that's interesting. We're gonna have to talk about the finale and kind of how that stands up, obviously, because the fact that you're mixed on it yet you're probably the highest on the series overall is pretty is pretty funny. That's the yeah. odds with yeah. I'm with Zach. <laughs> I th- the last three episodes are the strongest by far for me. Um, I did very much enjoy the Zeb Wells written Abamaste therapy group. You know, the thing about what you're saying there, which is spot on, is. It, it occurred to me after watching the therapy group thing, not just that like I enjoyed seeing these C and D listers and kind of having fun with those characters and Porcupine and Manbull and all that, 
But just like how at odds that actually is with what the MCU has been to this point. Like She-Hulk yeah. blew those doors open. Like that was that was kind of a revelation I had was like the doors were shut. They were locked. The MCU had been very precious with named characters. You know? Like they were not tossing around names. Like if they name someone, they're a big player, generally speaking. There's some light exception. She-Hulk is just like, no, we're in the Marvel Comics universe, baby. We can just do this. <laughs> we can just yeah. throw Mr. Immortal into an episode. We can have Manbull and Porcupine sitting around. And it it kind of I it, it doesn't quite work with the MCU we've seen, you know? Like the, like the MCU we've seen has not actually suggested that it's as rampant with superheroes and villains yeah. as as She-Hulk is suggesting it is. Um I don't, I don't know that I net out one way or the other in terms of, like, this is a good or this is a bad thing. It's certainly a familiar thing with Marvel I, Comics. I think it's, I mean, I think it's fine because you can have, you know, like, it, it does lend itself to the MCU feeling larger and more full of possibilities. You know, like, it's a bigger, wider world and you don't have to quite but worry I, about everything meshing and being, like, part of a coherent whole. Like, this movie can bring together these disparate parts. You can have Guardians of the Galaxy that feels very different from Captain America, and then you can have Captain America and Rocket Raccoon meet in a different movie and kind of mesh those tones. You know, like, you can... I, I have no problem with that. I'm, I'm happy but with that. But I also hope they keep it up. Like, thing. I hope they don't scale back in the future and, like, keep a more restricted universe in the next movies and shows where, like, That's the thing. you can't have this, those kind of characters show up. Like, I hope, I don't know, Scott Lang interviews... Terrence Shula on his podcast or something like just throw out some random characters that don't even have to be big roles but like mm. more background characters should be random heroes I guess uh, and and that doesn't work for everything but like it, it works for I'm sure it works for Ant-Man I'm sure it works for Hawkeye I'm sure it works for for a lot of uh, of these kinds of corners of, uh, of the Marvel Universe right right yeah I totally agree I mean I, I do think too I saw a number of people and this includes many MMY listeners who are like, oh, it's too bad they didn't use Stiltman in any of these scenes. And I just want to say, I'm going to I'm gonna try to keep this PG. You watch your mouths. You watch your mouths. You don't throw Stiltman into the C and D list groups. What are you people talking about? He's, if he's anything, going to be the big bad of Daredevil's Yes, show. if anything, you replace Wilson Fisk with Stiltman <laughs> in Daredevil Born Again. Get Can out of town. Can you imagine if... Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk is the stiltsman of the MCU. <laughs> Just kingpin on stilts. With a blindfold because he got shot. Yes. <laughs> and he's on stilts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Vincent. It's going to be so hard to navigate those stilts. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I do. I, I like the idea. I'm with you, Charlotte, in the sense of like, all right, if you're going to open those doors, keep them open. Let's keep them open then. You got you to gotta roll with that. Don't just have that be a She-Hulk thing. Um, all right. In terms of... How I actually feel about She-Hulk. It's complicated a bit. I love the ending. I lo Like I said, I love the last... I, I was at a point, like I said, where I was like, I'm done with this show. Like mid, like midway... Like I, I thought it started fine. I thought it progressed slowly. And then I thought it tanked. I thought it was really awful. Um, to the point that I was like, I don't even want to watch this. But then it was like, oh, we got a Zeb Wells written episode. I love Zeb Wells comics. I'll, I'll watch that. And then I was like, oh, we got Daredevil showing up. Okay, I got to watch that. And then the finale. And at that point, I was like, oh, like this is this is getting really interesting. I thought the finale was incredibly... <sighs> I thought it was very creative. I thought it was a great use of meta. In particular, though, 
it was a very smart way to get around the finale trappings. And obviously it's very aware of this and talking about it as it's happening. But like, you know, this was this was my chief not chief complaint, but like my chief, you know, concern after the first few episodes was like the meta stuff feels very light and it feels very trite and uninventive. Zach then had the great idea of coming through the Disney Plus menu and lo and behold, there we go. And it wasn't just that. And it's like then they did that and then they escalated it to the mm-hmm. point of she Hulk going and talking to the Kevin Feige algorithm robot. And like that stuff was pretty smart. It's like, I don't know, it's all a bit like the calls coming from inside the house because it's like you can only critique yourself. So like, I don't know, it's it's probably getting too much credit in terms of being like truly, you know, reflective and, and scathing of <laughs> of the MCU yeah. algorithm. The <laughs> yeah, fact it's, that it's yeah. doing it at all, all, though, <laughs> the fact that it's doing it at all, I think is is smart and at times funny. And it's also a way to avoid, like, it also is a way to be like, well, how do we have a finale that's interesting and gets around the trappings of how these shows usually go? And it did that. So for me, it's the second most interesting finale, probably my second favorite, just shy of Loki's. And the thing that I find fascinating about both of those is both of those finales are like, yeah, you know what the big moment of this is going to be? The big moment is going to be like a 10-minute conversation. <laughs> and you can you can sort of have some some you know some essays here on like well yeah but one of those is with Immortus describing the plan of the MCU for the next five years and one of those is with the literal robot Kevin Feige and it's like well what does that say but those were the two I found the most interesting by far um, so I loved the finale I liked the last three episodes and it kind of got me looking back on it with rose colored glasses even though I, before that point I was really down on it. Uh, Zach, what what did you think of? Well, no, of I want I want Charlotte to go first. <laughs> actually, I mean about okay, the, sure. final, the finale. Yeah, fin- let's just talk the finale thing. for now. Oh, what? Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> about the last episode. Um, I I agree that I like the idea of doing like a full fourth wall breaking thing where she goes to whoever's writing, creating the show, and is like, what what, what are you doing? Um, but that like the two main things I didn't like about the execution was first. I feel like we should actually have seen, like, went back five minutes prior and seen how the events go with the things she changed with Kevin. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, like, because otherwise it felt very confusing and underwhelming how we get to the actual end. Like, wh- wh- then why is, Titan- why is Titania here? Like, you're not actually answering any of the questions. It, it's the, like, what's happening is still very messy, but you had fun with it, so it's an excuse? I don't know. Like that part didn't work for me, mm. and then on the other hand, the like I don't know if cross promotional is the right word, but the very like Disney Marvel logos everywhere, the back of Walt Disney and Mickey's statue, it's and this, it's like self myth making, uh, like yeah. not of the actual text of the MCU, but like the meta text of the success of the MCU, the myth of that. Well, it's not, <laughs> it's like, not a myth. Though. Disney it's as real. a corporation, and like but all they that are, felt pretty icky to me <laughs> i really yeah, didn't like yeah, that yeah. Yeah, and like I, it feels yeah. like they're trying to to i mean it's it's what john bird did it's what lee and kirby did it's what except they're Clements just like did, I think. schmucks right they're not <laughs> there's enormous yeah, exactly. corporation the with thing, this like, huge i would prefer if it was like more making fun of them and creating a more fictional version because outside of kevin like like kevin being a robot robot like that's a fictional thing the rest is like pretty much going to what their writer's room probably kind of looks like and yeah. then what the like corridors of Marvel Studios probably kind of look like. Like, I would have rather have a more 
like yeah fake version of it where it looks like an old-timey newspaper redaction or something like that like have more fun with it and be more creative than just doing the the marvel like meta promotion which felt like yeah i don't know weird and it didn't help me getting into that thing the same thing with like the idea of the conversation with the kevin robots is funny as an idea the execution of uh, like the the incarnation of Kevin Feige making fun of uh, why their special effects look bad and that their teams have already moved on to Black Panther is like, no, you're actually overworking your, your VFX artist. Like, sure, that's the reason yeah, you shouldn't right. be yeah. making fun of it. And, like, it, I to think me, that it was the, the most accidentally scathing joke, which I highly doubt was intended in such a way. But that one yeah. was yeah, like, oh, I'm surprised that's actually in the show. Because it feels more tone deaf than scathing to me. Yeah, like, yeah it feels that's the same than yeah. Taika Waititi <laughs> making fun of uh, the VFX with Tessa Thompson on I don't know Wired or something. Uh, yeah, I really didn't like that. Yeah, um, I... but yeah, I like the big I- the like theoretical ideas. The execution really her, didn't her work for me bursting out of her show, mm. saying this is getting out of control, or bursting into the Disney Plus menu, her going into the documentary to get to the studios, and her talking to her own writing team. Good. Uh, yeah, well, the, writing, good, yeah. the writing team execution, fine. Uh, I don't know if that was the actual writers. Uh, that was definitely before. Zeb Wells and Cody so. Ziegler, Gow the comics there? writers. Okay, Jessica Gao was, was there Gow. for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know what Zeb Wells looks like, but Jessica Gao, I think, was Great head there. of hair. I'm not positive, but... Um, Great anyway, head of hair. I, I like that. <laughs> what are you talking about, head of hair? <laughs> I just keep hearing you <laughs> mutter head of hair over there. <laughs> head of hair. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the stuff, title in the, the Kevin Feige the robot stuff just buttons. irritated me because it was like, why were you both? Oh, so, yeah. so let's, let's interrogate this a little bit. Like I, well, I'm about why to, are you so me, irritated by my, this? Just about to say the rest of my sentence. <laughs> I'm so I'm curious. Like, what could you possibly have to say? <laughs> the, the like idea she goes in and she's like, what people don't like about these products is that they always end with half an hour of explosions and fights and this big bombast that feels forced in because you need an ending. And it's like. Self-awareness is not that like interest. I'm like you're supposed to. I don't know. Two people watching this together look at each other and go, "Yeah, she's right. They they are bad like this." And the thing is, like, they are bad like this continually, like up to this moment. <laughs> like this is not something yeah. they've generally fixed. They're just saying, "Yeah, this is a problem with the MCU. We're gonna call it out here. Look, we're in on the joke. We're we're gonna still do it. Yeah. We're still actively doing it. But like, at least we're in on the joke. Of it would be funny if they were making fun of like." Iron Man 2 or something. Not Ms. Marvel, which came out last month. <laughs> or Shang-Chi or whatever. Like, most of their movies are still working on this level. Uh, most of the shows, that's the big, like, one of the big issues is the last episode feels like it has to be big bombastic fights. And it, you know, undercuts the tone. So what's, what's the problem with acknowledging that? I don't get it. Like, it's it's a it's an because awareness it's not, level of, like, for, what the, it, it's what like the issues dodging, are or what people say the issues are. I mean, it's, it's a kind of self-dodge of being, like... Well, yeah, I mean, they, if someone criticizes it, you can just already see people online being like, yeah, like the MCU, MCU knows this is a problem. Like She-Hulk literally called it out. Like they know what they're doing. It, I don't, I don't you know. Think, it, I don't, it doesn't feel like a shield. It's not a, it's not a usable I, 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 I think totally. I think like that kind of like, haha, like we're laughing at ourselves for the thing that we always do. It, I don't know. It, I mean, it's also like, I'm just kind of irritated by the like, the MCU, like I like I said, the meta myth building of their own thing is a uh, is kind of irritating. Like going to see the Kevin Feige robot, like that did nothing for me. I was very bored. 
uh, by all of that. <laughs> this is like, so I, weird to me. I, it's so I like, like the writer I, room if stuff. If you're going like, to break the fourth wall and you're going to go talk to the powers that be, this is who you, you talk go, to. Go you talk, talk, to, the the room, talk to the writer's room and you talk to Kevin <laughs> Feige, the man making all the decisions and the one who gets all the, the credit, essentially, for the, the gold fa- gold printing factory of the MCU. Like That's where you have to take it. The fact that it escalated it to that to reveal him as essentially an algorithmic robot was i mean you know like decent self-awareness again it's not like the biting satire of an outside perspective but decent self-awareness on it the only the only piece of this whole thing that i thought felt icky you know in in charlotte's words there was was the vfx comment and also just like even if you take out the reports of VFX studios being like Marvel overworks us, they're terrible to work for, of which there's plenty you can read about, even if you're not that like in the know or care. Um, I just, I, I have no empathy <laughs> for Marvel's budgetary concerns, like zero empathy for this thing that is making all the money in the world is owned by mm-hmm. Disney. And yeah. they're like, oh, we can't afford She-Hulk. Isn't this tough, guys? It's like, you're not like this little indie studio where like that can be fun and, and a goofy riff. Where it's like we don't have the money for this, we gotta do something else. So I find that I'm very cynical about that particular joke. Everything else, though, um, I thought was fine. And Zach, you're talking about you know the corporate myth making of Disney and the MCU. You like the MCU, <laughs> like like I you're do, a fan. You're watching all this stuff. I am sensitive to the fact that they like. I, I think it, it's part of my like frustration. I mean, I I like the MCU, but it is frustrating that they take up so much oxygen in the room and also view themselves as like the thing that needs to be set like the MCU being like hey we're going to we're going to bring gay people into the movies and i'm like shut up like <laughs> gay people have been in <laughs> movies and there have been movies with gay people in them for decades and decades and decades like you are not you know like it is not the That's most kinda... important thing in the world that thor love and thunder mentions that an alien is gay right like but they treat it and so like like all all that stuff about treating themselves as the most important you know like cultural uh trendsetter in the room like drives me nuts but that's not here that's not here that's not in this episode that's like that's what we're talking about the beginning of this of like the outside yeah how i relate to this experience online kind of conversation i'll say i mean when i was watching this i was not like groaning through it i was mostly just like this doesn't work as well for me as her just like wanting the writers to rewrite her story i think that's funnier and more clever and less so you think it's better if she just goes to the writer charlotte what do you think is it do you like it better if she just goes to the writers do you like it better if she has the kevin feige experience i mean probably if they she just goes to the writer because like going to feige and having that conversation it's hard to just forget about like online culture and like the discourse around it because it's it is kind of directly addressing it it is directly addressing the discourse around their endings around vfx and like it feels like the the kevin robots is not talking to jen but he's talking to the audience with the like black black panther uh, music and everything yeah and like that's kind of annoying to me i don't know and it feels like yeah like what you said about the the big moments of the fina- finale being about being a ten minute discussion, in theory I like that. I like that better if the ten minute discussion wasn't about 
Marvel Studios as a company and the the reaction to their viewers, <laughs> like if it was actually about Jen's character and what she's doing, which yeah, in, in part it we, is. We, we can we can get into that. Only half of it. That, that's, that's surprising. I'm, I'm just surprised. I I definitely like this way more than both of you. Um, I think yeah. to me it makes it just makes a lot of sense. Like this is the Animal Man meets Grant Morrison of She-Hulk in the MCU, right? This is the the Fantastic Four meet Jack Kirby God kind Except of thing. That, like, well, like what is the, what is the top tier? millionaire producer. Right, but, but yeah. That's the, who, but that's what we're watching. Like, if you're if you're on Disney Plus watching the series, you're you're a part of this. You're yeah, but that doesn't mean I need to, like, be that invested in the, like, <laughs> the rich producers, you know? I don't need, like... But there's I mean, not, more, there's I, not I like, a the self-aggrandizing arrogance to this uh, of, like... I don't know, like of this figure who's like, it's not like an Elon Musk character, I guess. So let's put it that way, right? Like, it doesn't feel to me like it's this, I mean, like... it's much closer to that than I feel like Jack Kirby and Morrison, who are just two guys. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yes, sure. Who, two, you know, lower middle class guys writing comics, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. I hear Pope... I hear Kirby made out like a bandit, and I'm not sure he <laughs> yeah, ever, right, exactly. <laughs> he ever like, created I, a thing. I have more sympathy for them. Do it. Like, that's interesting to me, because... That's a much more personal thing. This is a like much more corporate. I mean, it's not even Kevin Feige. It's a robot signifying Kevin Feige. Anyway, I... that's the gag. I, I, yeah. okay. I mean, we we disagree. Um, I definitely think this worked. I, I suspect it worked incredibly well. I, I really don't know what the reaction to this is. I suspect a I think lot people of, like this episode. Certainly, the MCU heads are going to love it. I, I have yeah. to think. Um, I don't know. To me, that escalation works way better than just going to because like if you just go to the writers' room thing. Then I'm like, all right, it's Seahawk talking to John Byrne. Like, okay, well, at least we got there. But escalating it to actually, like, going somewhere new, having Jen commenting on the problems of the MCU, um, having her make jokes about smashing Daredevil, having her ask about Okay, the that is That's maybe the, fun, the most I laughed <laughs> at a, a joke. I wanted to bring that up. Well, uh, and I think, like, her, as a... Her, her being, like, Hulk smash, we smash, like, the room, and we smash storylines, and then she, like, turns to the camera and says, like, and Matt Murdock. Yeah. Uh, great joke, and maybe the best, like, little meta aside joke that she had in the whole show. Uh, <laughs> like, the meta aside joke that I will never forget is after her and Daredevil get it on, when she turns to the camera, and effectively is, like, he gave me a big orgasm. <laughs> like, oh, I was like, yeah. this yeah, isn't yeah. a dis Like, what? Like, that's basically what she said. I'm like, what, what just happened? Well. They needed twice as many of those, honestly. Like, it, it was so sparse that, like, you forget it was an aspect of the show. Because it would be yeah. 15 minutes between them. And then she would turn to the camera and you'd be like, oh, my God, that's right. So, like, you do so this. Like, Let's talk about that, actually, because... using them more often, which is, like, half of the uh, last before... Um, Last before last? That's not a word. The the last before last. Last before last episode. Um, like <laughs> half of that, she, they start using the her directly talking to the the viewers and like being confused about the structure of the show, kind of. Um, yeah, like, that, that stuff. I feel I, like that really works better yeah. than when they just doing I, once or twice by episode. There's a few really clever little like meta things that I think work, and I they just needed more of it. It was just a weird tone of yeah. like. That they would forget about it for half the episode, but her being like, when the Wrecking Crew guy came in and be like, "This guy, you probably don't remember him." Here, let's do a previously on, and then the previously on cues, which was true. I didn't know who that man was, and that actually <laughs> reminded me. So, like, yeah, th that worked well. The even the like the, the end Jen of the Daredevil episode, just her looking at the camera and not saying anything, like not making a joke about it or anything, like helps make the moment feel actually like oh, this is really bad 
like yeah i don't know there was some really clever uses of it in yeah. the last two yeah, episodes yeah. yeah there's there's some funny things i liked the, the where she goes to the wedding and she can't be she hulk and so the the opening credits are just jen is the name of the show for this episode that was uh that was funny like cute i did think i did cute think the things. the meta commentary got better as the show went on but it didn't yeah. get especially creative necessarily um there were little moments here and there i that was one of my thoughts with the finale was like it kind of felt like they saved all their ammo for this for the finale and yep. it didn't really yeah, gradually escalate in ways because like they also do the intro here you know she the opening of the classic like 70s incredible thing, yeah. hulk with with the you know the painted savage she hulk actress and like it was super fun i really enjoyed that callback but it all it is also like well you used all your best tricks in this one episode instead of like again i i just think you don't need to store capital quite this way <laughs> like to the point where there's almost nothing early yeah. and then everything yeah. at the end especially uh, formally like that where like the structure breaks right like that's the thing that they didn't like the only other time they did that was that previously on thing i mentioned yeah. Yeah. besides that it was just her doing little like witty asides uh, which yes, is fine which, which i thought got better right? yeah, yeah. I, I would agree there um okay so so we disagree about the finale so like where do you where do you rank mcu finales then so like it sounds like you probably neither of you have this super high i mean i've got it second i think it was the second best ending no i'd probably i'd probably put it second what <laughs> I, I'm, I'm complaining about one this small is aspect ever of like one small aspect it's the... like the 15 minute fulcrum no it well one no it's like five minutes from when she breaks into it till the end of the feige conversation and half of that is her just like breaking through walking through the marvel studio sets talking to the writers it's just that like little final scene still the climax of the episode sure yeah but besides that i like i like this episode fine uh it's pretty good i i think i liked how it ended and uh like the overall you know what okay this this brings me into i kind of want to talk about the like the themes of the show the like somewhat feminist themes that are then intertwined with the like um the response to the expected response to the yeah, show right? right the like she hulk well why is there no such thing as a he hulk right like that kind of you know like we're we're speaking to the haters we're slapping down the haters before they even really do stuff which is true like of course you're gonna have a bunch of awful bad faith stuff to me the tone never really landed that well for that stuff it felt a little like, like, um, I don't know, like the, the def- it, it wasn't sharp enough for one, which is a kind of a complaint through the whole show. Like oftentimes the actual comedy was not super sharp. It was yeah. okay enough. Like it might make me chuckle a couple times per episode. I laugh, but overall it was mostly just amusing enough. But for the most part, like the, the people that's making fun of it, it like weirdly took them too seriously and gave them too much credence. Uh, until the end, I I did really like the way that it played out with her life being revealed in front of everybody at that gala. I thought I that was very of, effective. In I that think that's one of the more effective horrifying. moments of yeah yeah of, like moments of character <laughs> and of yeah. being like and of spe- the specificity of being a woman, especially like a woman in a professional field. And, like, the moment where Mallory, her co-worker, like, they're putting a sex tape, like, revenge porn up on the screen <laughs> in front of everybody, in front of her family. And Mallory's like, don't, like, don't lose your cool. And, like, the idea of, you know, like, that women would need to stay comported in the face of this kind of, like, 
disgrace and what's the word embarrassment and degradation right like all that really worked for me i think like and as a metaphor does, <laughs> right like it does better without like di- directly saying it yes exactly what the first episode <laughs> right. spends five minutes discussing in very obvious ways i mean it like, often does it, it often had just just been that <sighs> moment that would be like way better it, it either be, like subtext not even so subtext, on the like, nose it. <laughs> it's yeah. either so on the nose of like 90s sitcom like ally mcbeal kind of writing of like this is what feminism is or it rings really false so one of the through lines of the show that really aggravated me is the like the pressure that jen was feeling about like well everybody just loves she hulk you know she even says like you know that popular pretty friend you had who was just prettier and everyone liked her more than you well that's she hulk for me right like everyone just wants she hulk and no one wants jen and i'm like that rings really false when you have Tatiana Maslany as a beautiful actress who they make beautiful. Like, she's not even, like, mousied up or anything. Yeah. So the idea that, like, they just kept having men be like, oh, um, I'm not interested in you. I'm only interested in She-Hulk. Like, just, just the tone that they balanced that, like, really rang false for me. Like, I, I don't know. There, nothing <laughs> nothing about that uh, worked for me. It was not like you... Um, had a character who you would be like oh well i can kind of understand like she's a workaholic and she you know her hair is flat and she doesn't wear makeup right and her outfits are poor like they didn't do anything to suggest that tatiana maslany's character like jen walters could not find success with like relationships out in the world except for the fact that you know she has she hulk around all that you know i was like what is the the relatability here to a normal person except like taking 10 steps away from this um so like, like it's just not. Yeah, didn't. Well, feel I can I can tell you I can relatable. answer that uh, because when I have a beard, uh-huh. I have men specifically usually flocking to me on my YouTube channel, and when I <laughs> shave my beard, uh, everyone is horrified <laughs> and no one wants to talk to me. So like I I did connect with that on a personal level. Yeah, you, your your viewers like bullying you for being clean shaven for the first five minutes of one of your videos was the best intro <laughs> to your YouTube channel. I'll say if I mean that that is true. I believe that because you oof without the beard oof. <laughs> uh, but then like but when wow. you know Jen Walters returns to her human form, it's she's a gorgeous actress who they make gorgeous. She wears nice clothes. Her hair's done up. Her makeup is nice. And Tatiana Maslani, Maslani is beautiful. So like her being like all right, settle down. Yeah, I mean she's just settle oh down. boy, she's oh okay. <laughs> Charlotte, what did you make um, yeah. of these themes of objectification, which Zach is now personifying? I mean, there's... <laughs> I didn't love how how much of the show is... Like, I mean, the, the personal stakes, I guess, are her trying to find a guy, which, like, you know, like, there's how it's like, yeah, she should be free to be horny and to try and... Have, she does have like, sex with three men, which is I the do most, think is somewhat yeah. notable. Yeah, like, like that part I like. Show. Yeah. Again, she turned to the camera <laughs> after Daredevil and was and she's like, like, and there were no big complaints. Baby, yeah. Big yeah. Baby. No, no, that part I like. I guess yeah, it's like sure. how much of the her story of fighting success as Jen Walters is focused on how like her relationship with men and trying to find like relationship and like and maybe I, I wouldn't find like wouldn't feel as much that way if like the big success as the end is that she brings Matt to to her like 
family lunch. Um, which, which, by the way, like, are, are they dating now, or is she just? Uh, I'm I'm on board. They had some chemistry. Unlike I mean, her and the other guy, Josh, who I thought had no chemistry, her and yeah. Charlie Cox had some good chemistry. They have, they chemistry, have chemistry, but, but that's I fast did to like meet the them family. as sex friends better than as like a couple. Yeah, that's super fast yeah, to meet maybe. the family. Like, like that was like what one date, if you even call it that. Yeah, I mean the the thing about the like the relationship stuff, it's I I don't I didn't have quite the same thought that like oh yeah I'm bummed that it like spent so much time around the relationship. I think it just rang hollow often. So like. And, and regressive even <laughs> at times like mm-hmm. the like i'm saying like it, it's fun that we have a character who can just kind of like she's having sex with men because she wants to but like there's even a tone of like self-admonishing like slut shaming ish in the one where that guy ghosts her after they sleep together and like her friends like yeah it always feels icky at the first time after you sleep with someone uh like and i'm like what do you what do you mean like that's such a weird thing to say like hmm. and and the way that they reacted to that like as if she was being kind of a clingy and emotional girl who's like i can't have sex without getting attached to somebody no like you went on several dates with a man you slept with him and then he vanishes for several days it's not insane to be a little hurt and annoyed that he ghosts you like that's normal yeah. this is not like you went on a first date and someone ghosted you i mean it felt like a very like high school romance kind of yeah. like storyline which like, like yeah i agree is a weird fit with like you're a, the... a professional adult like going on real dates yeah with another adult for many dates for someone to just vanish the moment you had sex with them is like and if you really think like she did that he's not like a monster who just like you know vanished right like for her to then be admonished by those men for writing um hey i'm like a little worried what's up no, that's a totally normal thing to write or even write like, hey, I think it really sucks that you just disappeared <laughs> after this. All that's totally normal human relationships. And the uh, the, the tone of it felt very like sitcom-y to me. Um, yeah. yeah. Speaking so that, that of scummy, work. Oh. I did. I think the the revenge porn thing was like, like I said earlier, like genuinely horrifying. I thought yeah. the yeah, friend's yeah. reaction to like, oh, you shouldn't have hulked out, Jen. Um, mm-hmm. that sure. sucked. I was really bummed that her friends didn't back her up. Actually, yeah. that made me sad. Uh, but I, I did think the metaphor was certainly the most effective. I thought that was, you know, again, it was one of those things too, where it's like, it's a Daredevil episode and Charlie Cox is here. And man, I love Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I think he's so great. Uh, I'm super excited he's back. Um, but then it's like, and, and there was good meta commentary there instead of being like, feels like this episode should be done. Where are we going? Uh, and then it really took that really dark bummer of a turn. Um, I thought that was very effective. I enjoyed yep. She-Hulk directly antagonizing and critiquing the most noxious elements of male fandom. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought they should be doing that. I thought a lot of times, you know, it's a hard thing. Like, you're writing it well in advance of it ever airing, you know, so you do have to be sort of predictive. Um, I think to your point, Zach, about, like, well, should we even... There, I don't know. There is. I, I always go back and forth on, like, should we even give attention to this? And I kind of... I don't know. I just think, like, you have... A reality where you kind of have to i think it's loud uh, and it's out there and yeah, it exists and i think yeah. calling it out is good i mean i think you know like i think like harley quinn the animated series has called it out better it's been definitely been funnier i don't fun think of, like, it, it very rarely called it out in a way that i thought was it often felt more like um i, I don't want to say defensive because like well, yeah fisted, <laughs> i'll say you should yeah ham fisted in it like i guess i guess my complaint is just that it felt very like 
like stuff that I could write, which is not a compliment, <laughs> right? Like mm. I could write the fake tweets that it was doing and make fun of these men. Well, those all felt which, th- those all felt legitimate. I mean, I don't that that all I'm felt sure like they are, these but like, exist it, and these are based on real yeah. things, and there will continue yeah. to be exactly those words used in other. You know, so I think in yeah, terms that's of the not like, reality of it, I think I bought you don't that. need to just show it and then say like, well, this is the reality of it. It's like, yeah, everyone knows like. That, that doesn't like no not everyone knows and it's not everyone not is, a, is as online i mean especially audiences for this well even if you're not like i don't think this leads you to anyway i i think it could have been sharper there was a few little jokes that like skewered this segment that was good like i really liked <laughs> and god i can't remember her friend's name um and i remember pug's name because it's named after he's named after a because dog. they kept calling him puck and it was like is this puck, no, puck. and then it wasn't pug. listen you cannot call a character pug in a she-hulk show and have a guy dating her who looks like Puck and not have Puck in this series. Okay, that's one it's of my top Pug. three complaints. Um, Nick, Nikki uh, is her friend's name. Nikki uh, sending Pug into that like men's rights group <laughs> and being like, uh, what you have to do is just call only call women females. Uh, and he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, like, you'll blend right in. Mm-hmm. That's a good joke. Like, that's a funny joke in a you know kind of an insightful skewering of these weirdos the amount of times i've seen on other podcasts that have women on it when i look at comic book podcasts and you see negative reviews that are just complaining about the the woman on the podcast they almost never say her name they'll just say the female host Jeez. <laughs> which i think it's really funny or just the female on this show uh that's a good that's a good little joke uh besides that i just kind of thought it was lame i guess um and I think not... it's lame that they have to deal with it at all. I mean, they, I feel like if they don't, it's not relatable to show? anyone except for comic book creators. Like, it's such a... That's it's not so true. Insular. What are you talking Maybe about? That's... No, it's not. What are you talking it, about? It feels pretty insular to me, this kind Charlotte, of thing. Charlotte, oh, do you agree? the revenge porn thing felt Hang like, on, hang on, oh, hang on. Surreal. We got we to gotta talk about this weird thing you just said. Charlotte. <laughs> I mean, the... I don't remember exactly a lot of what they do with it in the early episodes, but like there is a lot of bits being like the way the journalists talk about her and all that. That is very specifically how comic book people and like comic book a holes talk about this. Uh, But then later on the season, when they go more on the like emo real like violence uh, against women, that is less specific to to that with the revenge porn and with the like. Convention at the end. Yeah, yeah, the I thing guess. where they're talking about how she is successful as a like, yeah. almost using her success as She Hulk as a stand-in for just professional success. Like, yeah, that that, that works, works better. Yeah. Better, and it if they're gonna put that in the show, I like that that they take it to the like next step of showing the actual consequences of it and the very real pain that comes from it and what she she has to go through at the end and i also like that the like also what they do with her character as a hulk in that her real like her reaction once she comes down and she's out of the situation is like no we're going after her after them like with the law like i'm not going after them as she hulk i'm going after them as a lawyer because they broke the law and did a terrible thing and i like that's what i do like mm-hmm. that that was a good jennifer walters moment to to me that works both as a superhero moment and as a like kind of real reaction to a very bad thing yeah yep i agree yeah yeah i'm, I'm with you on that um okay i i think ultimately it I, I mean i think it's zach to your point earlier which i fully agree with there's a lack of sharpness i think across the board yeah. i think the the piece of it for me 
that definitely stands out the most is like the show they describe it themselves i think in the writer's room meta stuff as a legal comedy mm-hmm. and i think they that's did, yeah. actually where it's the worst i think this is a very bad legal comedy there's a um, few little funny jokes and a few little fun court scenes like i like the but a few and there's yeah. nine episodes that, and that shape-shifting elf one really got me. That was, like, maybe my favorite of the weird little, like, C-plots. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I mean, I liked really all the, the dumb CD-tier, you know, uh, therapy group stuff with the, with the villains. I yeah. thought that, yeah, that, that was stood out thing. to me, definitely. The vampire in particular. Um, or the not-a-vampire. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like, as a legal comedy, I, like, I would not recommend this. <laughs> I think when it was willing to be a big, bright Marvel Comics universe show... Um, it got better and better, and then I think it, you know, it finished very strong. So like, there's going to be a second season. There's a lot of potential. I mean, I think one of is my, there? I don't think that's announced yet. Yeah, I thought I saw that. I mean, even if I, I didn't, the, even if I didn't, the I bet it gets one. Last episode talks about like the idea of a season two, and even like of a Hulk movie, which like is are they joking? Is it like teasing? I think they're it's joking. There, there's no, there, there hasn't been any announcement for any of that. I yeah, think it's I don't all know. just wishful but, thinking slash goofing around. Oh, but I mean, yeah, odds I are. Know. Let's pull, let's yeah, play the I think it was here. popular. It was popular enough. Or she, you know, just transitions into, you know, an Avengers movie, which would be fine. Sure, sure. We'll see the character yeah. again, I guess, you know, big yeah. picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm happy with that. I like I like Tatiana in this role. Not as much as I've liked other people coming into roles, frankly, on Disney+. Plus. Um, I think the actor is way better than the material they were given in a yeah, lot of instances. Yeah, I agree. Um, she she yeah. kind of seemed to lean back on just being, like, having a natural charm, but not... Like, I, I don't know, I, I didn't get a, a real sense of, like, effort from her performance here, which I have seen in other stuff uh, mm-hmm. from her. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I mean, like, like when, the, when Charlie shows up cast. as Daredevil, it's just, like, movie star lights just all yep. around him. Like, I don't yeah. know, I just feel that energy. I guess part of that is, and she, know, got she almost, a ton of... he brings it out of her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, like, right. The charm between the two of them, like, they're, they're very good. And, like, their, yeah. their superhero banter was good, their flirting was good, like, the henchman versus goon thing was sure. very funny. Yeah, uh, sure. But yeah, I mean, I think across the board, I felt adult. It, it bummed me out because it felt like this this show has a POV, a sense of style, and and so much potential. And I think that was the thing where in the early episodes in particular, I was just like, it's just not hitting. And I found it, it was more of a bummer to me than, I don't know, something like a Hawkeye where I went in with low expectations because I was like, every ingredient is here for this to be as good as... Uh, I feel like some folks are saying it is, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, among the best of the MCU. Like, We're not so, talking about them here, though. No, we? I know, I know. And, like, Charlotte, I know you've got it super high. Like, for me, like, WandaVision and Loki are miles above She-Hulk, like, miles yeah. and miles and miles. Um, but then you get down into the the rest of the riffraff, and I've been super positive about Miss Marvel. I know I'm the only one here. I feel like She-Hulk is definitely more rewatchable than Miss Marvel. I oh, still yeah. like yeah. Miss Marvel more as, like, a character introduction um and frankly i'm more excited to see that character again I actually I, but it's literally I, no, just I, on the shoulders of um oh, what's her name? yeah man Vellani, who yeah no because I, I agree with you dave that i'm more excited to see more aman Vellani like yeah. in the mcu than i am you know tatiana no, I'll agree with she that. hulk I'll agree with that. uh yeah I, i'm with you on that but the shows don't stack up at all to me yeah, so, okay, so where do, where do you both have this then, kind of in, in relation to the rest of the MCU on Disney Plus? Number it's... three. I think yeah, it's the... Loki, or Loki, WandaVision, this. This is probably there with, like, Moon Knight. I don't know. I like Moon Knight a lot. Oh, that's amazing. To me, like, very close to you, but to me, it's, like, number two ex with uh with WandaVision. It's number one Loki, 
then number two, when a vision ends, she hulk on the same level. Yeah, you me. got it super high. Yeah, which is so interesting given yeah. your, you know, your distaste with the finale. Um, yeah, but I, I really like the rest. I don't yeah. think we <laughs> disliked the whole finale nearly as much as <laughs> you're saying. I think like it's just a, a small part of it. Uh, yeah, at least I. I mean, <laughs> it was the climax has... of the episode. What are you talking about? A small part of it? <laughs> no, I'm talking about one conversation. That takes place like two minutes of the episode. It doesn't matter yeah. how I mean, long I also it was. That was the whole build. That was the boss fight. I also fight. dislike that they don't show, like they don't do a five five minutes earlier and then show the the new version of uh, the scene playing out. That they skip straight to the ending. Like that, I I probably like the the finale less than Zack did. Um, but yeah, uh, as a whole, it's still above. It definitely any, didn't make sense. Other. You know what you're describing there. Like, it's a thing that didn't make sense. I mean, that's kind of the thing about, and I saw some of this, like, so, like, She-Hulk's meta commentary never makes sense, (laughs) you know? Like, like with Deadpool, I've seen this comparison a lot. You know, people are like, oh, if it was Deadpool, you'd be fine with it. But the thing with Deadpool is, like, he is mentally unwell, and that's kind of baked into the the fourth wall breaking, where it's just, like, he he sees things, and he hears voices, and that's kind of part of why the character is able to do that. With She-Hulk, it's, like, I don't know why she can do this. I have no idea. And that, personally, that, yeah, personally, yeah. it does not matter. I don't care. <laughs> like, no, it it's it, not, it doesn't. It, but it being so sparse, combined with that, it's weird. Then does lend it an air of like flimsiness. I think, and kind of like I I could see people, and I think it would be legit seeing her break out into the di- like pausing the show, jumping into the Disney Plus menu, and being like, "Where the hell did this come from?" Yeah, right, like, right. Because the show had not built to that really like it's really my own history with the she like i saw a lot yeah. of articles on like polygon and stuff being like she hulk's finale is pulled straight from the comics and it's like well yeah you kind of have to like rationalize where it came from because <laughs> it didn't come from the show well and people Not have made a big really. show of that you know myself included yeah. being like yeah it's the coolest stuff of the john Byrne run and the yeah. show's doing it but again like if you're not aware of that i am pretty curious like how weird did you find this like i i can actually see the perspective of someone yeah like being like what is it like i don't know actually having their brain broken whereas for us we're probably like oh cool they're doing it they're finally doing it yes as opposed to somebody who's like what is what (laughs) what is happening um i could see maybe the you know the non-comics reading fan of which there are many just very validly asking like why and how is this happening (laughs) which is not answered yeah you know and personally it doesn't need to be but i I don't know. Now it's kind of weird to be like, yeah. Should there be some reason for this? Like, why is why does she all do in the first place? Aside from John Byrne thought it'd be a a fun way to write comics, you know? No, I think I think that's all. That's that's all. That's it. I mean, it's the same reason. Why is John Byrne at the trial of Galactus himself personally? (laughs) Because he thought it would be fun. Why does Doctor Doom walk into Stan and Jack's office? Yeah, (laughs) you know, in in early Fantastic Four. Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, Okay, World War Hulk, Scar, son of Hulk. Do we care? We excited? What do, what do we make I, of the, the future? Uh, I don't Hulk's I don't know who Scar is. I know he is. He's the boy son, with the weird from, haircut who showed up. Well, no, uh, I know. Bruce announced him as his son. <laughs> I mean, I know who he is, like, and I know he's well, you just said you didn't. Hulk. I mean, I've never read a freaking comic <laughs> with him, Dave. Well, uh, you should say I mean, that. I've never say what you mean, together. man. All right. Yeah, I've never Charlotte, read a what do you think? Scar comic. Um, I mean, they're probably doing a, a World War Hulk movie. Like, that. I think the Kevin Robot says, like, save it for the movie at one point or something. I'm... I'm curious i guess like how they do world war hulk with this version of hulk maybe they'll do it more with scar than with hulk um i'm also curious if like if they're gonna do a hulk movie with scar as a main character i hope they up the vfx because that looked bad <laughs> yeah right. um but yeah we'll, we'll, what, we'll scar, see i'm, I'm curious i'm definitely way more skeptical of hulk vfx than i've ever ever like at no point from 2008 to 2018 
or 19 was I like, oh, I don't know about this Hulk. Like, just not a thought I had, ever. Um, and now I, it's like, oh, Hulks look weird. <laughs> like really? I think they look yeah. fine. I, I never... I, once in a while, Jen would be... It was all the lighting for me. Like, uh, that, like, She-Hulk sometimes looked slightly lit wrong for the scene. But sometimes I think they nailed it. And they, like... Most of the time I forgot about it. And I didn't even think, like... It totally blended in. I forgot I was looking at, like, CGI She-Hulk. Same as I do with, like, Bruce in the movies. Like... He just totally disappeared into the role. Um, so yeah, I didn't I didn't have that that complaint about the show. Yeah, I'm I'm a little more hmm. I have a little more of a critical eye, I think probably. So like I was I was definitely picking up mm, oh, yeah. lights yeah, yeah. and things, <laughs> um, fits on the clothes, that sort of thing. Hmm. Wouldn't expect everyone to see. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I mean I don't I'm not I really like World War Hulk <laughs> at the event is the thing and. I, an MCU version of that is going to be very different. So I'm not like... Well, because they've already sent him to the planet, right? <laughs> they've already done the thing. Yeah. So it's like... Unless it's, it might be a prequel, you know? Like flashback to before no, Thor shows no, up on the planet. No, Yeah, that'd be sick. That's my idea. I mean, that's that's Planet Hulk. Like, World War Hulk is him coming back to Earth, but like... Oh, oh, I'm mixing them all up. Once. I don't know. I don't he know comes, these events. You know I'm an he idiot. He comes back mad. Stop I, I mean, I think really all about. that's happening here is Scar's getting introduced and we have another Young Avengers player. It feels like there's a decent chance that they're going to do Scar-Hulkling murder was kind of just my immediate oh, thought. please don't. I don't want this to be Hulkling. Why, why do you... Well, I mean, no. it kind of makes more sense, Charlotte. Like, why was he calling himself Hulkling? I'm gonna end this podcast right here. <laughs> you better break out of this podcast oh, and go God. see Kevin. He doesn't have to be like Scar. He can be like Teddy. If this, Teddy? The, if this is what we get as the MCU version of Hulkling, I'm going to... I don't know what I'm gonna do. We'll give you. I'm gonna watch we'll give all you of 30 it. minutes. But he has down. I don't know. <laughs> we'll give you 30 <laughs> minutes solo. When and if that happens. God, that's the worst I. Uh, I think it's gonna happen. I hate how possible it is. Yeah, <laughs> is the thing. I know. I'm sorry to say you like God, this, but no, it feels like a real possibility. I was having a good time. Because like we've got, we basically have our young Avengers right now. I mean, we've got Kate. We've got Hulkling Scar. We've got um, Billy and Tommy. Right. We've got uh, who else? Who are we missing? Elena, we got Eli right? introduced. No, and Elena Falcon is soldier, technically. Oh, shame. But he hasn't done anything yet. What about? Uh, don't you need a? I don't know who these people are. Marvel boy? Isn't he in the team? No, you do not need a Marvel boy. Um, it's a possibility. Marvel boy. But you do not need it. Uh, you know what? That reminds me. Oh, I wish I could remember it now. There was something I was reading that used the Marvel boy font. Oh, it was Fantastic Four number forty-eight. It's a Judgment Day tie-in in 2028. Obliette shows up to Wait, fight Sue Storm. I think you meant 22, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, 2022. Yes, it's issue 48. And uh, I saw the future. The Fantastic Four have a new <laughs> And she clones like Cosmic Boy or something. It's not that because I think that's a Legion. Or, um, but it's it's in the Marvel Boy font. And we had just read that in the Marvel Knights Club. So if you're reading contemporary Fantastic Four tie-ins and My Marvelous Year Club, that was that was for oh you. That was That's for you. exciting. Right? That sounds exciting. I cool wish stuff. I was doing that. Cool I wish stuff. that was me. Um, okay. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. Getting choked he's up. He's too here. excited. Calm him down. Oh boy. 
Uh, what else? What else? Any final thoughts on uh, state of Disney Plus MCU? She Hulk. No, I'm just gonna be mad at you for the rest of the podcast <laughs> just for bringing the idea <laughs> into <laughs> the, the world that Scout could be the MCU. Well, and we know they listen now because they took Zach's uh, break through the Disney Plus menu idea. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah they do listen, yep. and they definitely sure. wrote and shot that episode after the second episode had come out. And we did our variant. I mean, that was nine weeks uh, ago, so I feel like probably. I'm excited about uh, Black Panther, and I think it's yes. the most I've gone on a total blackout. For an MCU movie, mm-hmm. I have, I saw people being like, "Oh well, that, you've been that drunk. Just... You've been drunk since the first trailer dropped." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I saw people saying like, "Well, that trailer basically just confirmed who the n- new Black Panther is going to be," and I have no idea, and I'm happy to go in blank. I know. I'm also not sure that it does. BT does. About, uh, yeah, well, I mean, they're always doing little feints and stuff with the uh, the trailers. But... Yeah, I still have doubts. Uh, I'm very excited for that as well. I, I think yeah. it's going to rule. I think it's going to be. I'm, fair. I'm I have, hopeful. I have high hopes. High hopes. I'm... I have high hopes, but I, I mean, all along I've been like, with the task of writing the expectations built by the first movie, plus having to, you know, like cope with and integrate the death of Chadwick Boseman. Oh my gosh, the I degree think, of difficulty. And, and all the production problems with COVID, all this stuff, I'm, I've been maintaining it will be a miracle if this movie comes out and, uh, you know, fulfills our expectations, but I'm, I'm hopeful as well. Yeah. The trailers were so good that. It, yeah. Okay. That's, that's good. Confidence. I've been hearing people. You know, people think they they look good. So it would definitely have the. I can't imagine a react like if it turns out and it was messy, or even not good, which I don't anticipate. But messy, I could see, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I can't imagine more of a like forgiving audience. <laughs> sure, right. Yeah. Just given the insane degree of difficulty and all the challenges, like if it came out messy, I yeah. feel like you would hear so much. Just like, oh yeah, well, you know, they they did their best. Yeah, you know, be like, yeah. not not even condescending. Just like truly, like yeah, we get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm super excited for that. And, uh, you know, Guardians Holiday Special, or when it has me excited for that again. So I'm, I'm in a slightly healthier place, I think. I like that you have landed on, I just want the MCU shows just to be movies. Uh, no more shows, please. Just make the shows small movies. Because they, be I, no, truly though, it's like, I, <laughs> no, that's kind of what I keep coming is like, they're good at making movies. They're good at an interconnected locking continuity through the movies. And I can keep pace with that, and I can invest in that and continue to do so. The shows have not been a super positively additive experience in aggregate, right? There's only one and a half that I've genuinely enjoyed just as as experiences. And to me, it's just like, well, just kill it then. Just kill it and do the thing you do well. Obviously, that'll never happen. Yeah, know? no, I like I like the, like, the MCU is dead. We, someone needs to kill it, and it's like... It is still making a remarkable amount of money. Like, it's fine, but... Well, I'm not talking about killing the MCU. I'm talking about killing specifically the, the show experience. The movies it is so are fine. strange how they keep... Like, the shows seem like they're just doubling down on big show. I mean, the next one's the Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel L. Jackson Secret Invasion. You know, what, you know what has me more excited about that, though, and just kind of the future of where it's going, is, like, there's a real connected purpose feel. Like, a Secret mm-hmm. Invasion is, like, a purposeful part of the mcu kind of show and i think the worst thing that can happen to disney plus is kind of the the downturn they went through where it was just like yeah we're the origin place now and we do long (laughs) not super effective origins and that i mean there's still next year it's just like well that just is not something i'm interested next year is still going to be like a lot of that you got echo which we have seen her already but i'm sure it will be more of a you know fleshing out of that character loki season two but you've got Ironheart also which will be an origin show 
Um, I don't know that it yeah. will be yeah. as much, though, because Ironheart's actually going to be in Black Panther. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. Less of that. Like, And that's one thing I liked about She-Hulk was it, it progressed at a decent enough pace. Yeah, after like Ep 1, 2, maybe. It stopped being like the origin show, really, yeah. I guess. It kind yeah. of just was its own thing. All right, let's end it. We somehow talked about this for an hour and a half. And I feel, I think I've acquitted myself nicely of not being too cranky. I think I... I think we I, I think we helped. Yeah. And you're welcome yeah, for thanks. that. Um, because you were... You were I feel like I was more cranky than you on some aspects. Yeah, maybe. I did not <laughs> expect... It's a good feeling. I, I, I was most shocked by Charlotte saying, worst finale of all time. I, I put it above Lost. That was surprising. And then also... Uh, <laughs> you know what? I... Th- Go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to be Zach on this one. I think it's still one of my favorite finales of (laughs) Disney+. (laughs) Like, Loki is above, but outside of that, I don't know. Like, most of them are fine to kind of bad. Can I put my my final, my additional final thought on this is people talk about the finale of WandaVision way too much. They, They wait... The finale of WandaVision oh, you way too heavily. You didn't get enough. You didn't way get enough too likes heavily. On Listen, the finale was first off. It, I thought it was fine. It wasn't that bad. Okay, but if, no, even if you just, think it was terrible, it was a huge dip in quality. That's all. But like, I like dips. Yeah. I like you know. Give me, give me salsa. Give me seven layers uh, cheese. Uh, yeah, give me tomatoes and lettuce and on oh, top of that layer. Here's my last thoughts on this. I'm excited for the MCU to keep introducing queer characters and only having them be queer by saying, "Huh, straight people." <laughs> which is what they do with Nikki and Chilk. That's literally she, at one Gosh, point. Gosh, was she, she queer? Says, I didn't even realize straight that. Straight people, and then that's it. I and mean, you're, I guess she's queer. I guess. Dave, your your gaydar is so off. Uh, if you didn't pick up that she's queer, <laughs> was that we, a part of the knew. show? Was yeah, I that was part that of the show. I think like Jen is complaining about her love life at some point, and Nikki's just like straight people. Like, yeah, heterosexual life is so boring. Or Although, like to that, be and, fair. There, there is a really funny uh, thing that straight people love to do, which is complain about straight people, <laughs> as if they're like That's... not just talking about themselves. Yeah, uh, which I would never do because I love the straights. You know what that reminds me of? Every actually, I didn't listen to anything Zach said. So what, what I'm thinking of is something I was just thinking of anyway. Um, no Madison in the final episode. Big missed opportunity to have Madison storm into that final sequence. And then let's just finish on this. <laughs> Why was Jamila Jaleel in this series? Why was yeah, the I know. Why the yeah, was like, what just her... for an excuse yeah. to give her more more reason to talk on her. I mean, she was I fine guess. in the wedding. Oh, okay, let me point out. Uh, Patty Harrison, one of my absolute favorite working comedians, was in that episode with the wedding. She's the bridesmaid. Uh, or the bride. Not the bridesmaid. She's the bride. And love her she wasn't given too much to do she's incredible also the first like trans actor with a with lines <laughs> in the entire mcu uh is that something think, you've you've looked up or just like by i mean there's they there was a trans actor that they made a big you know kerfuffle about in spider-man homecoming who i think was just a background extra like one of peter's oh, that's classmates. right yeah we talked and about they were that. like i think he has like one line in far from home and that's it <laughs> yeah he might say like Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that, that might have been his line. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, Patty Harrison rules, and uh, everyone go look her up on YouTube and watch her videos. And she's the one who uh, got banned from Twitter for um, she had a blue check mark, and she changed her account to Nilla Wafers, and then acted like a biphobic Nilla Wafers account. <laughs> 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 it was like, buy people don't buy our cookies. <laughs> uh, 
I think she pretended she was Sia in charge of the Nilla Wafers account <laughs> and then acted biphobic and got banned from Twitter. She's uh, she's great. Performance art right there. Mm-hmm. Nobody has embodied a character more than Jamela sank into the character of Titania with less payoff <laughs> than Titania's yep, role. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It was yep, super weird and I don't understand it. All right. is, is Titania the Black Adam of the MCU? <laughs> The, the oh, hierarchy of, of power which, has changed. In the is MCU. anyone going to go see Black Adam next week? I thought this movie was coming out like mid-2023 or something. Yeah, it yeah. comes out in a week. It's here. It's crazy. It's here, baby. I this went from crazy. zero to 100 on this one. Did you? I went complete apathy to this last week being like, I have to see this movie. Why? What, <laughs> yeah. what, what changed? Because I haven't seen a trailer or anything, so I'm still uh, like... Two things. One, I just love how committed The Rock is to Black Adam. Like, it's just incredibly delightful to me how fully he's, like... Like, he's pulling, like, the Alec Baldwin, Jack Donahue thing of, like, becoming the character. <laughs> like, like the, or, like, Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark, where it's just, like, I don't know where the line begin and end. And, like, the guy's been cast as Black Adam for, like, ten years or something. Forever. Like, he was already Black Adam's when Man of Steel came out, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and the other piece for me... <laughs> excuse me is uh ritesh uh writer extraordinaire writing for comic herald has a four-part series on the history of black adam comics particularly his relationship with jeff johns the creator um uh a four-part series coming out on cbh starting this week with uh with black adam the movie coming out and it totally reinvigorated me to, to be curious about hmm. this movie it's a it's a wait and see for me it's a it's I mean, a wait and line and see for me <laughs> Well, maybe you can you can brief us next time we we all come together. Um, yeah, it's a it's a wait and see how the like the Metacritic turns out basically. And the silence on that is deafening. <laughs> all right, well, no one has anything to say about Black Adam. We've been talking about the like MCU for an hour and a half. I feel like we <laughs> yeah, I think we're all a little exhausted. exhausted. <laughs> Any yeah. way of talking about it anymore? <laughs> Good job, everybody. All right, Dude. thanks for listening. I'm Dave. That's Zach. That's Charlotte. We're my Marvel. That was year. disaster piece at the beginning. That was disaster piece. It's going to be disaster piece again. You can find She-Hulk on DisneyPlus.com, our corporate sponsors, uh, moving forward. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you to Disney. Thank you to Mickey. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Let's all uh, face, well, for me, it's north. For both of you, it's west. And salute uh, to Kevin Feige. All right. We're going to salute Kevin. Uh, We'll see you next year. See you next year. See you next year. Charlotte, you can't bring up Zendaya anymore. She's canceled. Why is she canceled? (laughs) 